This is Psalms to God, Season 3, Episode 23. Lack of motivation in finding a new local church. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com. He has told you, mortal one, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Micah chapter 6, verse 8, NASB. podcast. I'm your host, Marie, and this is the last episode of the season. Um, I'm sorry that there were no episodes in October. Um, I did I'm, I did stop to record a podcast episode to explain that. For those who listen to audio only, did not get a chance to update the YouTube channel. Um, I am making a video um, for you guys as well if you watch exclusively on YouTube to kind of talk about some of the things that (laughs) were going on. Um, But even when I made that video, I intended to at least get a few videos out in October and a few um, audio only podcast episodes. But I haven't had internet for three and a half weeks. So yeah, Um, that's how the month of October went. So this is the end of the season. Um, I hope that next season will be a less crazy, less hectic, and a little bit more consistent like season one and season two were, but I did want to leave you guys with a full episode and not just a, you know, have a good end of the year, I will see you next year type of an episode. And as I was sitting down thinking about like what I wanted to talk about, I thought I would talk about something that I've been struggling with lately. Um, and that is motivation to actually re-attend a church building and a church service. Um, as I've had conversations with, you know, elders in the church that I left, my grandfather, who's a pastor, and several other people, you know, there's all of, uh, you know, it's been very interesting, to say the least. When COVID first started, um, I'm not going to lie, I'm in full transparency, when COVID first started, I was already feeling a way about attending a formal church service Um, and we'll get into some of that in the episode but i was already not particularly sold on being there i was doing this thing where i would show up and i would attend sabbath school and i would talk to people and i would talk to people in the parking lot for like hours and so like i would literally be at the building you know maybe for the entire service but i never actually went into the sanctuary I never actually went into the service or anything like that. Um, And that was going on before COVID. Once COVID started, um, I was very much less than happy with how um, definitely the church that I was attending, how they handled it, how many churches handled it, um, just the way that we respond. And I I definitely had different expectations for different 
denominations because different denominations preach and teach different things. But there were certain things that I were just like, you should have seen that coming or the way you're reacting like church itself is supposed to the word church does not mean building a lot of people don't seem to understand that but the word church does not mean building um and it's not it doesn't mean the worship service either it means the people the people are the church and it's a community and so the first thing that should have happened in the wake of covid would have been a concern for their fellow human beings making sure everyone was okay checking on people things like that um the church that I attended, the first message we got was about how to pay tithes. Okay, we know what y'all about, right? Like, it's a business. This is not actually about following God. This is about a business and how do you make your money. Um, and a lot of churches did that. I saw, you know, I would talk to people back home and they would say that, you know, like, yeah, the church is closed, but they open just long enough for you to drop off your tithes because that's important, guys. Um, and so like, yeah, going into it, a lot of things were going on. And then of course, um, the whole nation stopped to watch George Floyd as though that was the first time a black man got killed by the police. Like, where y'all been? I don't, I still don't understand why it was such a big deal. Um, I'm not saying that it, it was not important, but like, I don't understand why all of a sudden it was a major thing. I'm like, this has been happening like every month for a long time like i don't really remember this not being a thing i mean black lives matter came out with uh trayvon martin back in like 2012 like this is i mean i remember rodney king i mean i was a kid but i remember people talking about it i mean like this ain't nothing new why y'all all of a sudden just now like where y'all been right but it became like a whole thing and some churches responded well some did not but as time went on, like, yeah, it was very much a lackluster thing. Some of the group chats where people show their true colors definitely saw there's a lot of people out here, y'all going to church with these folks, they call themselves Christian. But when the real mark does come, they're going to be the first people to turn you in. Because the group chats I was in, I saw people talking about call the police on people who didn't want to be tested and you know, all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, y'all acting like that right now? You wait, y'all wait. I was like, I don't trust none of y'all people. Mm -mm. Y'all ain't my church family. Cause I already know when they start issuing things, y'all ain't gonna be, y'all ain't the ones that's gonna be protecting me. Y'all gonna take it and be turning us in, right? So you started to see the true colors of a lot of people and as I got used to doing something that was a lot more like what's described in the Bible, I started to lose motivation to really care about finding a new church, right? Um, by the time I was getting to the end of last year, I was pretty much sold that I wasn't going to go back to the church I had been attending. There are some great people there and there are some not great people there, which is true at any church. And I'm sure even if we were following a word for word biblical definition of a church, you would have the same thing. I mean, you see arguments. Paul and Peter got into an argument. Like no group of people is perfect. You're always gonna have people that you don't see eye to eye with. But I was definitely feeling like, I don't really know if this is what, if this is where I'm supposed to continue being. And that's not necessarily 
always an insult to the church that you're leaving because if you pay attention in the book of acts um there is this thing called growth right um but the way the church is supposed to work is that it's supposed to be a growing mechanism um you come in maybe as a baby christian you don't know anything and you start to learn and people teach you and as you learn you start to spread your wings and then you go teach other people and you start to it's not supposed to be a stagnant thing where like you just stay with these same people your whole life and these people always teach you and you're always beneath them the way that the church organization the religion the bureaucracy that we have now operates it's not supposed to be like that at one point paul was a baby christian and he was following all of these other people and then as he rose then they started sending him out to teach other people and then he would go to this church or that church and teach them and then you see that he raised up new people and then he started sending those people out like timothy um, and so then they would go out and meet other people and so to a certain extent you should by all means outgrow your church um, it sounds it sounds negative but it's not negative there are people who come into your life for a season to teach you and there are people who come into your life forever but it doesn't mean they're no longer your church family. It just means that maybe you've learned everything you can learn from these people and now you need to go. Maybe it's time for you to be the teacher or maybe it's time for you to learn something from someone else. And you can learn from people you're teaching as well. So there's just that dynamic. And so I think, you know, some of it may have been I had reached that point in that particular place, but I was starting to feel like I was supposed to be somewhere else. And that was around the time that I ended up getting laid off and deciding to move so it really didn't matter whether i wanted to go back or didn't want to go back because i was moving so i moved and i've been in texas since may so it's been about seven months maybe seven eight months i'm not doing the math right now but it's been almost it's definitely been almost a year uh, not quite a year, but almost a year. And I really haven't had any motivation to look for a new church family um, or a local church family. Um, I looked at some churches online and, you know, I'm like, oh, maybe I can go here. Maybe I can go there. Um, I've passed by places and I'm like, oh, there's a church. Oh, hey, there's a church, right? Um <laughs> And, but I, every time, you know, it's Sabbath and I'm like, hmm, do I want, do I want to try to go to that church? Do I want to go meet those people? I haven't really been super motivated to actually go. And I think there's a lot contributing to that. And I wanted to talk about that on the podcast today because I think it's important. One, because there are people, there were people at the church that I previously attended who thought that they were going to be overwhelmed and overran by people after you know they opened the doors again after covid they, they thought they were gonna and i'm like guys you might want to just make sure people actually show up because everyone i talk to is not planning on coming back so but there was like a huge disconnect between like church leadership and like the church <laughs> um and i thought it was interesting because right before i left um so they opened the doors at the church i previously attended literally the weekend before i moved and um 
I was talking to one of the pastors and she was talking about how like nobody signed up to come. And I was like, yeah, no, I've been telling you guys, like nobody I know was ever planning to come back. Um, and so it was like a shocker. Now, at, since it's been open for a while, there have been people who have been trickling back, people who miss the in-person camaraderie and things like that. It's not like nobody is there, but it's definitely not being overrun by people the way they thought it was going to be. And I was like, that's because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Um, and so, yeah, that's part of my motivation for this video is to talk about what is it that turns people away from going to church? Why is it that I don't really care to find a local church family? Why am I not motivated? Um, and this also goes into this whole conversation about why young people are not participating, why they're losing faith. I'm not losing faith, but some people in my position would be. Um, and why millennials don't come to church, just that whole, that whole spiel. Um, and so I wanted to talk about it. So I thought of mainly four, four basic points or principles that um, I think obstruct my motivation. There is a fifth one that um, is probably specific more so to those of us who are introverts. So I've gotten very used to not physically going anywhere and not actually having to physically interact with people, which as an introvert from an energy standpoint is very, very freeing. Um, when COVID first started and they sent us home to work, the first two weeks, um, while people were figuring things out, I had so much energy, guys. I was staying up until like 3 a.m. and getting up at like 7, fully awake and fully energized. I was like, I was a ball of energy. I like, I have, I have not had that much life in me since I was a child. It was fabulous. I loved it. But then people started figuring out how to do things, and now I have Zoom calls all the time, which to me is just like being in person and now i'm back to not really having that huge burst of energy um but sidebar introversion and extroversion is about where you get your energy from it's not about whether you're shy or outgoing just an fyi it's one of my pet peeves that people don't actually understand what those words mean but for people who are true introverts where you get your energy from alone time um, being able to attend the service virtually and, you know, interact um, to the level that you feel comfortable and then like being able to just end and be in your own space as opposed to like, you know, when I was physically going, um, you know, you end up at like a potluck and people would come over. People would come to my house sometimes when I hosted potluck and like you think they're going to leave at Sabbath's end or something or maybe like before Sabbath ends, but people would stay and like they may show up at my house at like two and not leave until like midnight. <laughs> and even though I love the people and we would have like a good time, the next day I was like dead. Like I couldn't get out of the bed. I'm just dead, no energy. Um, and so not having that, like you kind of fall into this um comfort zone of like yeah i don't really have to go there like i'd rather just stay at home because i don't actually miss interaction like i like interacting with people when i do like when i'm in the process of interacting people with people it's cool like i like you you're cool we're having fun blah 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 
But in terms of like having a desire to go interact with people, it's not really that high on my priority list. And I imagine there are a lot of introverts who understand that. And so to a certain extent, it's just kind of a, I have unhabituated myself to physically going to a church. That's not really the church's problem. That's a personality thing. So that's that. But the other four, the main four points that I want to make really are about the church itself. And I think they bear discussion. So the first thing that um, I think the church struggles with heavily is racism. So the first thing I ever noticed about churches when I was a kid was that they were segregated. I grew up in a town where even in the 90s, we had white churches and we had black churches. Um, I have been to a white church. In fact, it was a white Southern Baptist church, which is very shocking. <laughs> but I grew up with the people who went to that church. I went to school with them. I rode the bus with them. Yes, some of them probably are the people who called me the N-word on the bus as well. Um, but some of them were some of my closest friends. Like one of, at least one of them, I still talk to on Facebook occasionally. Like I used to go to sleepovers at her house all the time. Um, she's a cool person, like genuinely a great person. One of my teachers went there. We did exchange some, we did exchange some words. I wouldn't call her a racist, like outright, but like microaggressions, definitely there. Um, but you know, like a lot of them went to school with my parents. And so I never felt unsafe there per se. Um, I went to their, I went to like their vacation Bible school, I think once when I was a kid. Um, I didn't particularly feel unsafe at their church, but definitely when I saw churches similar to theirs in other parts of town, like I would never have gone there. And so, and as an adult, like if I saw their church here and I saw people coming and going like that, like if I saw a, a Southern Baptist church and there's just a bunch of white people coming and going, I, I would not feel comfortable going to that church. And the Southern Baptists are known for being racist. That, again, that doesn't mean that every Southern Baptist is racist, but it is a definite uh, generalization of their church. Some people might call it a stereotype, but there is a reason that it is a generalization of their church because it was a hotbed for the KKK. And the KKK considers themselves to be a Christian organization. How and why, I do not know, but they do. Um, and so anytime you see a church that is predominantly white, or that there are no, especially if it's all white, there are like no people of color, no black people, no Asians, no Hispanics, nothing. Nobody in there looks like they got no, no kind of nothing else. You're like, yeah, that's probably not a good idea. Like they're probably not going to be accepting of me. And the fact that you even have to think about that, like it should be a given that, I mean, obviously there are certain parts of the United States, certain parts of the world, period, where the population is more homogenous. So if you go into this particular place, the population is 90% white, and you should expect the church to be 90% white and matches the population, right? You go to a place where the population is 90% black, you should expect the church to be 90% black. But regardless of the local population, if I got up and went to one of these places where the general population is predominantly white, I should not feel like if I go into their church that I am an intruder or that they're going to treat me differently because we're the same 
body of Christ, right? The Bible says we're neither Jew nor Greek. I mean, I know we're not Jews and Greeks, but we're technically, technically we're all Americans. Technically. Um, but, but nonetheless, there is definitely this concept throughout the Bible. Even when you go in the Old Testament, yes, the Israelites were supposed to kill the Canaanites. I know that wasn't a race. That was a bloodline. But nonetheless, anyone who converted, they brought people. There was a mixed multitude that came with them from Egypt. And anyone who professed Yahweh as Lord and Savior, that was what it was. And if you chose to follow him and follow his ways, then you could be part of the nation and you had the rights therein of the nation. So anyone who is a believer and who is following the Most High God and who is following Yeshua as or Jesus as the Messiah, like it's one body. It should not matter what color you are. It should matter what language you speak. Though we might have some trouble if we're not bilingual in communicating, but maybe the gift of tongues will come upon us and we will still be able to communicate. But it shouldn't be a thing, but it is. And as much as people want to sweep it under the rug, it is a concern. And every single time I've moved since I left my house when I was 18, one of the concerns definitely in the South is what kind of church am I about to walk into? Is this a church that is welcoming to people of color? Or is this a church that's going to see me and become immediately hostile or that they're going to make me feel uncomfortable? Or is this a church where these people are cross burners and they may actually lynch me and I may walk in this church and never come out? Okay, that's a little extreme, but you never know. It is Texas. I'm in Texas, guys. I don't know. It might happen. Right? Fears that you have. <laughs> this is definitely something that makes you less enthused about just running up into a church, right? And I did an episode a while back where I talked about the fact that there is a part of me that's like, yeah, I just want to go to a black church where it's just all black people because you don't necessarily have to worry about that. Um, but of course, there is still that that tugging where it's like, yeah, but we are supposed, I mean, he, he did not create us. He created all people. Let me put it like that. I don't necessarily think God wants me to just retreat into blackness and be like, screw the rest of the world. I don't want to deal with y'all. That's how I feel sometimes, but I don't think that's necessarily how my actions sh should manifest. So, um, or I shouldn't let that manifest into my actions. And so it's, it's one of those things that makes church hunting difficult. Now, the second thing is this whole concept of progressive Christians and conservative Christians. Now, I'm going to be upfront and tell you that both of it is I was about to say some words that I probably shouldn't say. Both of them are wrong. We're going to go like that, okay? They're extremes. There's a spectrum, and you have conservatism on one end, and you have progressivism on the other end, and they're both spouting out things that you're like, no, what are you doing, right? So you, you have, like, conservative Christians that are out here like they would look at me all kind of sideways because i have these purple highlights in my hair i don't know if you guys can see um and my natural hair my real hair that's under here is actually purple um if you saw videos past i dyed my hair purple in march um I, it was a fun thing a fun goodbye between me and my hairstylist in south florida and so my hair is currently 
still purple the tips have faded out and they are actually blue so my hair goes from like my natural black into like the reddish color that i had before that then into the purple and then into the blue tips so my hair is all kind of rainbow colored right now <laughs> um that's also why i put the faux locks in because it looks a little looks a little crazy until i can find a hairstylist but even though it looks crazy that don't mean people have the right to treat me crazy because my hair looks crazy and one of the things that popped into my head as I was contemplating going to a church down here was the fact that my hair is purple. And I was like, hmm, these people are gonna stole me if they're if it's a super conservative church and I walk up in there with purple hair, they're gonna think I'm a heathen. They're gonna think that I'm like a dude. They're gonna the way they treat me is going to be not particularly good. But on the flip side, a lot of the super progressive churches that would be like, oh, it's cool, purple hair, tattoos, everything. Yeah, that's cool. And I'm, I'm not saying that, I'm not trying to be like super mocking, but like a lot of the people who end up on this pro more progressive side also tend to kind of stray away from what is actually the gospel, right? Like as much as I would say that I lean one way or the other, I, I actually don't. There are parts of me that are very much conservative and there are parts of me that are very much liberal or progressive. I'm talking about lifestyle, we're not talking about politics here. Um, <laughs> though it might be true of that too. Um, but either way, there is a standard that the Most High has set that we're supposed to be following. So like, as much as I would like to be like, yeah, sure, do you live and let live, whatever. Um, a, there are standards, right? There are things that, you know, we are expected. Um, and I, I, there, when you start getting into super progressive churches, a lot of times it's more so we're going with what society is saying or what the world has said and less of a we're following a biblical standard. Um, it's we're trying to make the word fit what we want. And if you talk to people who profess to be Christians, you'll find a lot of people who just, they actually worship the God they created. And the parts of the Bible that they agree with, they believe in and they hold to steadfastly. And the parts that they disagree with, they change to suit whatever belief that they have. And they're like, well, I don't think Jesus would do that. I don't think God would do that. And you're like, well, that's what the Bible says did it so you believe in a different god um and that's true there's a lot of people who operate like that and it's true also in conservatism there are a lot of conservatives who are like this is what god said and you're like that's not even in the bible what are you talking about it's a tradition people just following traditions um and so this dichotomy of where like this this group of people that's supposed to be the church because church means a group of people it does not mean building but they're not even really following the word. And this is one of the major problems between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, right? You had the Sadducees who were kind of just like, eh, you can do whatever, which is like the progressive church. They're just like, eh, right? And then you had the Pharisees who were legalistic, which would be like the conservatives, where they're just like, you can't have drums in the church. You can't wear jewelry. Don't put purple in your hair. Don't get a tattoo. Don't wear your skirt that short. Cover your arms. Do this, do that. You know, and it's, and it's like, yeah, but guys, like, what about love your neighbor? What about feeding the hungry? 
taking care of the poor, visiting the elderly, visiting those in prison, like helping those in prison, like rejuvenate their life or, you know, reform their life. What about these things? When are we gonna talk about those things, right? Like the church seems to be missing the point. And that's another reason why you kind of like, eh, do I really want to subject myself to people like scrutinizing me about how I wear my hair or what color I wear my hair, whether or not I put makeup on my face or not put makeup on my face, whether I have tattoos or don't, whether I put earrings in or, or don't, how long my skirt is, like, what happened to what happened to my heart? Where are the people who care about my heart, right? Like, right, okay, so that's point number two. Point number three kind of goes off of this, and that's the doctrine. Now, a lot of people don't understand why we have so many denominations, but a lot of this goes back to doctrines. Some of it, some churches split because so-and-so wanted to be an elder or a deacon and they wouldn't let them and they got mad, so they formed their own church. There is some pettiness like that. But a lot of the major divisions between churches, like Protestantism versus Catholicism or Baptist versus Methodist versus Adventist versus Mormons versus Jehovah's Witnesses. All of these are doctrinal differences. And it's interesting to me because a lot of people don't actually know this. People think that if you say you're a Christian, you all believe the same thing. We do not all believe the same thing. As I said, as I've said many times, some people worshiping a different God. Some people have very different beliefs. Um, and so when you go, I've said before, I think, on the podcast that I don't particularly profess a particular denomination. I grew up in predominantly a Baptist church. I have grown up in a Methodist and an AME church as well. Um, I actually got baptized at an Adventist church, and I have been attending an Adventist church in South Florida because I am a Sabbath keeper, and they're one of the few churches that actually keep the Sabbath. But from a general standpoint, I don't believe in denominations. I believe in the word of God. So if the Adventist church says something that I believe goes against the word of God, the Adventist church can go on with whatever they're doing, but I'm going to follow the word of God. And so that's why I don't really profess to be an Adventist, even though there are some doctrinal, there's, or I should say a lot of doctrinal things that they teach that I do agree with. There are some things they teach that I disagree with. Um, but in general, um, even between denominations or within the same denomination, you will start to see doctrinal differences where this church is teaching this and this church is teaching that. Um, and when I was younger and I didn't really study for myself, this wasn't something that really concerned me. But as I've started to study the word for myself, it's something that really irks me is that I'll go into a church and they'll start teaching. And I'm like, y'all teaching lies that's not in the Bible, that's not true, or that's not really what that means, or like you're leaving out a lot, or you're, you're teaching a one-sided story. Like there are a lot of things that have happened in the Bible. Um, people have researched studies, and there's actually like a lot of theories about what it actually means, but pastors will get up and say it like this is what it means, and they'll leave out everything else, right? Um, and a lot of things are not so black and white. You have questions like there is a video that comes up on YouTube all the time. It's an ad it gets on my nerves. I hate it. I think I blocked it. I think I figured out how to block it. But there's this guy and he he's like, 
he's going through like the story in Genesis and he's like, you know, he's trying to tear it apart, I think. I don't really know. Um, but he starts asking questions and they all have like fallacies in them because it, it goes off this belief that it's a literal serpent talking to Eve and it's like it could have been a literal serpent. I'm not saying it's not. It may have been. But they call Satan the serpent. It, it, I mean, it's like if I called you a snake, that doesn't mean you are literally a snake. It means I'm calling you a snake. Um, and so it's like, was it really a snake talking to Eve or was it Satan as an angel, right? And like, but a lot of times you'll go into churches and they'll teach you something like it has to be this way. But there's actually a lot of different ways this could be interpreted and we don't actually know. And being able to look at it from all these angles actually helps you to understand things better. Um, and certain things I don't think you should make a hard mind stance on because it's unclear, right? So things like that really agitate me um, when I go to churches and, and see them doing that. So doctrine, going to a church with sound doctrine. Now, the fourth one we don't have to spend any time on, which is good because this video is getting way too long. Um, but it was what I was talking about in the beginning, where the church doesn't actually act like the church in Acts. So if you read the book of Acts, you'll get the perfect example of what the church was supposed to look like. And that's not what our church looks like today. So those are four major reasons why I feel pretty unmotivated to go out looking for a church family. And I would wager that many of um, many of you, maybe, um, definitely many people who don't attend church but may still be believers are also feeling. Um, and I thought it would be important for me to make this video and to share it because there are pastors who don't know why their congregations are dwindling or why they can't get people, why they can't reach the youth, why they can't reach young adults, why we don't care. Um, and so I thought I would share because I consider myself to be a strong believer. I have definitely had periods where I just did not attend buildings. Um, I wasn't part of any organized church or anything. I was just fellowshipping with people I knew were Christians and kind of doing my own thing um, in terms of studying on my own. But I've never actually walked away from my faith in God. And a lot of churches believe that if you're not attending the building that you've left God, but really you left them. Sorry, but most of the time when people leave your church, they're leaving you. It's just like a job. People don't quit jobs, they quit people. Um, people don't quit churches, they quit people. Well, the church is the people, but you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm trying to say. So um, if you guys are feeling... The way I am, you know, leave me a comment in the message. And if you're not, also leave some positivity. Um, this video was a bit of a downer, um, but leave some positive, some bleh, leave some positivity in the comment sections and let me know what you love about your church and what motivates you to continue attending and to fellowship with your fellow believers because I think it's important to put out that positivity because it is important for us to fellowship with our like-minded believers. And if you have any tips for how to navigate some of the issues, and even better, if you have suggestions on how we as a body of Christ can do better about actually acting and behaving and looking like a body of Christ, leave those as well, because that's that's the real 
mission right there, getting to that point. As always, thank you for tuning in, for listening. Like, subscribe if you like this content. The YouTube channel will still be active during the hiatus before season four. Um, but for those of you who listen on audio only, I will see you in 2022. Or you can hop over to the YouTube channel to find content there. Bye, guys.